Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. This morning, we will continue with our series on the heroes of the faith from Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, we will talk about Gideon and this morning, and uh, I want to encourage everyone to slowly read through Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8. Those three chapters highlight Gideon and all the things that happened to him and all the things that he did. Uh, I want to encourage you guys to read this during the week, during your own quiet time, if you have not done so already. Even though you may have read about Gideon a long time ago, I want to encourage you to read through Gideon this week so then we can all be on the same page of what God is speaking through restoration. For those who may not know, uh, the book of Judges. So Gideon was one of the judges. The book of Judges, in a sense, uh, is not about judges in a civil magistrate as, as what we think of what is a judge in a court. Uh, these are military leaders who have been ordained or who have been called by God to rescue God's people from oppressions of other nations. Uh, the timeline for these judges ranged approximately from the time after Joseph uh, until Saul, the very first king of Israel. Uh, Gideon was one of those judges that, that was called by God to rescue Israel from the oppression of the uh, Midianites. I was going to say other nations, but the Midianites. So the Israelites were constantly under oppressions from other nations. And the reason for that was due to their own repeated, I want to emphasize the word repeated, to the, their own repeated inability to obey God and follow him. We can see this throughout the book of Judges. You know, God would rescue his people from oppression when they cried out to him. However, shortly after God was sent a judge to rescue them, they, the Israelites, God's people, would eventually turn from him and would idolize or worship uh, things or people from other nations again and again and again. Uh, or chase after the things that other nations are idolizing, chase after the things that other nations are doing instead of listening to God and obey him. We can see that in Judges chapter 2, chapter 4, 6, 9, 10, 13. Uh, and God would appoint a judge, as in uh, Ehud, Deborah, Gideon, and Samson and lots of other people whose names I can't pronounce. It's too difficult to pronounce, but you get the idea. I said that was a very brief overview of the book of Judges, just so you know what they are. Uh, regarding what I said about the book of Judges, if we, as I was reading through this and studying on the book of Judges, and if we take a step back and look at our current environment, it is really not much different than the environment that God's people faced back then. The, the natural challenges or the, the physical oppressions or the, it's, it's different in terms of nowadays it's more peer pressure. Uh, it's more the finance, you know, competing financially with the people next to us or cultural expectations that people have on us or also the influence from social media. 
that will cause us to turn away from God, cause us to not do the things that he teaches us to do. So those challenges and oppressions are a little bit different than what God's people faced back then. But the spiritual challenges are still the same, right? The spiritual challenges is they're trying to take God's people away from him, trying to turn God's people away from him and try to get God's people to not listen to him. So the challenges that they faced back then versus the challenges that we're facing now is the same, is the same. So that's what I felt as I was studying for this. And therefore, it is extremely important for us to be reminded in Hebrews 10, 25, right? Not giving up meeting together, but encourage one another to meet together. That's why it's important, right? We may think, well, back then it was different. They had oppression, this and that, but it's still, we're still facing oppressions, but in a different format. So spiritual challenges are still the same. So when we prioritize church gathering through Sunday um, meetings or through connect groups, we are using, we are able to use that opportunity to encourage each other to continuously listen to God, to continually obey God, and to continually follow his ways and submit to him. So let's keep that in mind when we keep that in mind when we read uh, through the book of Judges and know that the struggle God's people faced back then spiritually is not really different than what we as God's people are facing now. So hopefully with that understanding, we will be more spiritually aware of our surroundings and aligns our lives more according to scriptures. So, um, all right, I just thought I, I felt to say that and share that with um, all of us because a lot of time we read through the Old Testament, we would think, oh, that's what happened to those people. It would never happen to me. But we're facing the same struggles. It just looked differently. So let's take a look at Gideon starting in Judges chapter 6 uh, in verse 1. That I will be using the NIV, but feel free to use whichever translation that you are, as long as you're using one. Uh, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of Midianites. So in the case of Gideon, the Midianites took over their land, um, and the Midianites were so large in numbers that the tents seemed like locusts. It was impossible to count the camels. They ravaged the land due to their large numbers. We can see that in verse, uh, verses 5 and 6. So it was so oppressive for the Israelite that they, as we can see that in verse 6 and 7, they cried out to the Lord because of Midian. They didn't pray to God for help. They didn't ask God for help. It's like, but cried out in a case as in a complete desperation. I think cry out because it's a hopelessness. I think they are not able to do anything on their own. Have you ever gotten to the place of complete desperation and hopelessness? That's what the scripture in here is saying. They cry like, Lord, there's nothing that we can do. We can't do anything else. Please come and help us. So that's what they cried out. It's not, it's not, it's not as in we are crying out this morning as we're worshiping Jesus. They cried out because, God, please come. There's nothing else that we can do. We need you to intervene. So when the Israelites cried out, God sent them a prophet to explain what happened and why. So as we read through those verses, uh, I'm not going to go through them one by one, but it's pretty much what he said is, what I have done, I rescued you from Egypt. I took you through Egypt and freed you. I rescued you from all the other oppressions. And, and what struck me was in verse 10, you have not 
listen to me. Isn't that amazing? All the things that God would have done before, and it's still, you have not listened to me. All your oppressors, everyone who oppressed you, I have freed you. I have defeated them, but you have not listened to me. So I believe it is very important to, to pause for a moment and say that we know, uh, in this case, God sent a prophet. We no longer need a prophet to hear from God. I think if you have been to restoration, I hope this is not the first time that you're hearing this. We do not need a prophet to hear from God. We can hear directly from God through Jesus. Hebrews 1.1 that in the past, God spoke to our answers through the prophets, right? Through many signs, through many things. But now, but in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. So through Jesus, we can speak and hear directly from God. We still have people who have the gift of the prophets. We see that from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. But we can and should hear directly from God for ourselves. The person who has been given the gift of the prophet when used in a biblically correct way, that person should help us to learn how to hear better. That is the job of the prophet now in the New Testament, is not to speak for God to us. Their job is to equip the church to hear from God better. So anyway, I just want to take a step back and, and say that about the prophets. So, so please, don't run to any conferences halfway around the country or in other nations to hear from a prophet. They may be a very gifted prophet, but their job is to help the church hear from God ourselves directly. So, all right, I, let's get back to Gideon. I, I feel like I'm being very distracted here. So let's get back to Gideon. So after the Israelites cry out to God to rescue them, God appeared and spoke to Gideon. The Lord is with you mighty warrior. Gideon's response was, was, sadly, was typical. Sadly. Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied. So he was being very polite, right? But you can see the underlying things that he was saying. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now, the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. His response pretty much was, woe is me. What have you done for us lately? Why are these things happening to us? Does it sound familiar? Am I being too honest? Maybe I have said that in the past before. Because when we, in the when we are in the presence of the Lord, the thing I said sadly it was typical because that was... Gideon's first response, isn't it sad? His response was, oh, where have you, why are these things happening to us? Where have you been? What have you done for me? I hear about all these stories, but why are you not rescuing us? It's all about me, myself, and I. Gideon disregarded what, um, what God said, right? God said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But his response was, well, where have you been? What have you done for me? Instead of, there was not an ounce of, yeah, God, we have not listened to you. There was really no honesty in that, right? What was, what was God's last thing when he said? 
Thank you. All right, it's going to stay. I don't know what happened. So, so he didn't say, oh, yes, God, I'm sorry. We have not listened to you. It's like, we have not obeyed you, God. We have not sought you for, for guidance and leading and directions, which got us into this place, in this situation in the first place. So he, he but God, because he is so amazing, he is so awesome. He disregarded what Gideon said and gave him a mission. It's like, I know you're just complaining and whining, but I have a mission for you, my mighty warrior. It's like, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? But Gideon, but Gideon, his answer was still focused on himself. He was still all about me, myself, and I. Pardon me, my Lord. It sounds really nice and polite, right? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? There's a lot of me and I in here. My clan, right, me, myself, and I, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. That's verse 15. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. See, God, again, disregard what Gideon just said. Yeah, I know, I know you're weak, but I will be with you. You will do all these things. So as the story continues on, for the sake of time, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. And Gideon grew in his faith in God. And Gideon eventually did what God told him without questioning or doubt or navel-gazing. Do you guys know what navel-gazing is? Like just kind of looking down, looking at yourself? Like, yeah, like you're gazing at your navel? That's what navel-gazing. I actually didn't hear that before until about, uh, that term before until about five years ago. So you're kind of looking at yourself. I'm weak. I'm not able. Focusing on yourself. Eventually, Gideon grew in his faith, and he looked up. He looked up and kept his focus on God. It took Gideon a little while, but he eventually got to the point of obeying God and trusting him and just did what God told him to do. So as Gideon grew in his faith in God, he grew in his boldness. He grew in his obedience. He continually stretched himself beyond his own reasoning and beyond his own capacity. So the growth of his faith and his boldness or courage or obedience, they all go hand in hand. So I like to say our faith and our obedience go hand in hand. The more faith we have in God, the more we can obey him. The more we obey, can obey him, the more we will have faith in God. So those two go hand in hand. So they feed off each other and strengthen each other. And and as I said, the more faith we have in, in God, the more we will be able to live radically, live with boldness, live with courage for his kingdom. And the easier for us to obey God. They all go together. They all go together. And so we can see that the example of Gideon. If you go home and read through chapter 6, see how he responded. No faith, no obedience, no courage. Big faith. Big obedience, big victory. So they all go together. So in the case of Gideon, his bonus and his, his, his courage, his victory grew to the point where even his enemy, not just his people, his enemy, the same Midianites. Now, let me remind you again. The Midianites were whose numbers were so large that they ravaged the land. 
and they were so oppressive against the Israelites that the Israelites had to live in mountain clefts or in caves. That's how oppressive the Midianites were, and that's how large they were. So the Israelites had to run and hide and live in a cave. And also, just uh, we didn't go through this, but Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. I would encourage you guys to go look it up and study what is a wine press and how do you thresh wheat. Those two don't go together. But because they were so oppressed, they had to thresh wheat in a wine press. Uh, a wine press is like a, a hole where you kind of step on grapes and make wine. That's not how you thrust wheat, by the way. But anyway, so these very same enemy, the Dominionites, these large enemies who were so oppressive, they even, eventually said this about the vision of the camp being destroyed. They said in, verse, uh, in Judges chapter 7, verse 14, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God had given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. This was said before, before Gideon attacked them. The fear of Gideon and God from the Midianites came true. Right? Gideon eventually partnered with God and his own reputation grew. Gideon wasn't seeking glory for himself. He wasn't seeking to be a hero. As you can see from the very beginning, he was not a hero, he was not living as a hero, and he wasn't trying to be a hero. But because he obeyed God, his, the things that he did, his enemy feared him because he knew that God was with him. He just did what God called him to do. Yeah. Another example of Gideon's mature faith and obedience, which I trust for us to focus on instead of his actions in Judges chapter 6, is like he stayed the course in pursuing his enemy. Because what did God say? You will defeat the Midianites, leaving none alive. So Gideon knew when he defeated the Midians and destroyed their camp, my job is not done yet. God said, leaving none alive. So I'm going to keep on pursuing them until I completed what God told me to do. So in, in Judges chapter 8, verse 4, then when um, okay, Gideon and his 300 men, exhausted, yet, keep, yet keeping up the pursuit, came to the Jordan and crossed it, exhausted. 300 against probably hundreds and thousands of men. They were exhausted, but his job was not done yet. Because God said, what? Leaving none alive. So he had a mission to accomplish. So as we continue through to Judges chapter 8, God eventually used Gideon to restore peace back to Israel for 40 years until they turned away from God again. I mean, I'm saying with a smile, but that's kind of pathetic and sad, isn't it? But that is the reality. The struggle that they faced back then is not different than the struggles that we face now. So keep that in mind. The spiritual struggle is the same. So the main emphasis I want to bring across this morning, if you can remember one, one thing is this very same God, this very same God who used Gideon, wants to do the same thing through us, through each and every one of us. I said, Cindy, you mighty warrior. Ryan, you mighty warrior, right? Adam, you mighty warrior. He wants to use each and every one of us just like he did with Gideon to restore peace to his people, like to restore peace to each and every one of us. 
And then once we have been restored, we have been strengthened, what do we do? Just like Gideon, once he's been restored and he has confidence and faith in God, he restored peace to his people. That's the same God that is wanting to do the same thing with us as he did with Gideon. So God knows where we stand in terms of our faith and our obedience, just as he did with Gideon. This very same God, he is patience. He is bringing us along at a pace we are willing to go to the point where we can become who God has created and intended for us to be. However, let's not take too long to get our obedience and our faith in God to the point where it needs to be. We, we can see this from the very beginning that God overlooked all of Gideon's immaturity and insecurities and doubts and fears until Gideon was able to follow God, follow his instructions without doubt, without questioning, without needing proofs in Judges chapter 7. You know, I, I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. If you talk about the, the fleece, we all know it's Gideon, right? If you talk about Gideon, we all know about the fleece. But there's a term that I like to use about the fleece is testing God. We should not test God. I want to encourage you guys. Do not test God. Because God, we want to be like the Gideon in Judges chapter 7 and the Gideon in Judges chapter 8, not the Gideon in chapter 6 because he was questioning God. Whoa, God, wait. If you really God, can you wait? I'm going to go and get some meat and some broth and I'll come back. But if you're gone when I come back, then I'm okay, right? Right? I, I think we said that. I think we read that. And then there's, um, there was uh, something else. Oh, and, and then um, God called him to lead his people. I said, well, okay, that's awesome, God. But um, okay, I feel much better now. So, wait, 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 wait. okay, so Gideon, God, can you make this fleece wet? Can you make this fleece dry? That is testing God, right? Instead of God say, do this, and you spend time listening and making sure, okay, God, let me go and make sure I hear you right. That's something different than, God, if you really want me to do this, do that for me. That's testing God. That's what the fleas meant. I will not do this until you do that for me. That's testing God versus, God, if this is what you want, you want me to take my man down to 300 people? 300 against hundreds and thousands? I'm going to do it. There's no such thing as, well, God, maybe if you make me these 300 men that looks like Toby, you know, big and strong and fast, if you can give me 300 men like that, then I will go and, no. He just said, you know what? Okay, 300. We'll go with it. That is the difference between listening to God and testing God. So the fleece, hopefully... For those of you who are here this morning or listening to this, that's testing God. Let's not test God. Just hear him, obey him, and follow him, and have faith in him and trust him. I'm estimating the number. So, he, um, okay, uh, let's skip through that. So Gideon went from 32,000 down to 300. That's pretty amazing. I mean, I know back then they were big and strong, but I'm pretty sure they can't find 300 guys like Toby back then. So... Toby, I didn't mean to pick on you. Um, 300 guys like Liam, how's that? He's puff. He's been pumping. So through the story on Gideon, 
I want to share these uh, bullet points as an, an, encouragement, an encouragement for us to not do these things. To not let these thoughts come between our relationship with God. When we are in God's presence, these are the things to not do. As in learning from Gideon. Number one, where are you during my current suffering? Where have you been, God? I've been through so much. Where have you been? I didn't see you in this. I didn't see you in all my suffering, all my pain. As Gideon was not acknowledging his own faith, unfaithfulness. I'm not saying that we are unfaithfulness and bad things happen, but let's not question God. Let's not question God. Just obey him. Trust in him. Do what he called us to do. Secondly is, oh, I don't have what it takes. God, I'm too weak, right? I'm the least, I'm the lowest, I'm the blah, blah, blah. I'm anything else that we can come up with. But what did God say? God see us as who he created for us to be. You mighty warrior, am I not sending you? You will defeat your enemy, leaving none alive. So instead of focusing on us, what we can and cannot do, focus on God. When we focus on God, we can do amazing things. We can do amazing things. Remember this, am I not sending you? Am I not sending you? And number three, the fleece. Please don't ask for proofs, signs, and testing. I, in the past, used to empathize with Gideons. Like, I get it. I used to be like that. But the idea is to not be like that. To get to the point of Gideon in Judges 7 and Gideon in Judges chapter 8 to say, oh, yes, this is what you want. This is what I'm going to do. This is what you're telling me to go. This is where I'm going. Acknowledging that he... Because we can see that in chapter 6, he acknowledged that he had seen the Lord, but he still performed his task at night because he was fearful of his family and his townspeople, right? So that's where you can see that his faith was, yes, it's growing, but we want to be caught, we want to imitate the Gideon who's mighty and who's willing to do whatever it takes and just follow God. Or even ask for even for more signs with the fleece. So on the flip side, I want to emphasize what Gideon did that we can learn from and try to imitate. It's firstly, through his obedience in God, he freed himself. He freed himself. He freed himself from self-doubt. He freed himself from insecurity. He freed himself from self-pity. I mean, I am the least, I'm the lowest. That's self-pity, right? He freed himself from those things, and it started with baby steps, right? At first, God just called him, cut down your father's altar. So his own father was worshiping Baal. That's what it meant when God said, you have not listened to me. You have worshiped other gods. So that's what he started. He started with baby steps, but he freed himself. When we obey God, we will cut off any fears, anxiety, general, generational sins, addiction, things that we don't even know that existed. Right? Gideon didn't know that he had plenty of self-pity. He didn't know that he had all these problems and always blaming other people. He did not know. But as he obeyed God, he was able to free himself from those things. Secondly is, 
as he freed himself from those things, he went on to free his people. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God amazing? Actually, not Gideon. Isn't God amazing? God freed Gideon, and then he used Gideon to free his people through Gideon's obedience and trusting God. And he's still doing that today. He is still doing that today through each and every one of us. He wants to free each and every one of us. And then we can go and free others. He wants us to partner with him, just like Gideon partnered with, with God in doing the things that God called Gideon to do. Right? These are the things that we see in Isaiah 61 when Jesus spoke. Proclaim the good news to the poor. Right? We must have the good news first. Believe in the good news before we can proclaim the good news. I mean, we cannot proclaim something we don't have. We cannot proclaim something we don't know. Right? Proclaim the good news to the poor. Bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim freedom to the captives and release people from darkness. So God is still doing the same thing now as what he did with Gideon. is to bring freedom to people. Set people free. Proclaim the good news. So that's what we should try to imitate from Gideon. And I'm going to bring this to a close, but I, but I want to say that. Let's not forget the main character in this story the main character in this story or any story in the Bible, which is God and will always be God. God will always be the main character in every single story that we read in the Bible. There are three things that I want to bring across and I want to emphasize. Is number one, God is gracious and he always answers when we cried out to him. Right? The Israelite cried out to God even though God said, hey, I did all these things for you, and I told you what to do, and you still didn't listen to me. But when they cry out to God, he answered. He came and he rescued them. So he's always gracious, and he always answers. So when I say cry out, as I said earlier, just not just, oh, God, um, I, I'm, I'm struggling with paying my bills. Can you... Can it help me out someone? No, cry out. I said, God, I am desperate. I am hopeless. I don't know what else I can do. God, please break in and show me the way. But the important thing is make sure we hear and obey God when he does come. Second thing is he does not see us how, like how we see ourselves. We see this in the story of Gideon, and I'm sure you have heard this before, is he spoke of this least and lowest, but to God is my mighty warrior. That's what I said. Cindy, you're my mighty warrior. Ryan, you're my mighty warrior. Mike, you're my mighty warrior. Maybe you might think, oh, I'm the least, I'm the lowest, I'm incapable, I've done so many bad things. But you are my mighty warrior. That's how God sees us. Keep that in mind. God didn't come to say, yeah, Gideon, I know you're weak. I know you're the least, the lowest, but I'm going to use you anyway. No, that is not what God said. He does not see us like how we see ourselves. Go in the strength you have. That's what God said to Gideon. Go in the strength that you have and save Israel. Wow. I think most of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, the strength that we have is really not much. But God said, no, go in the strength that you have and save Israel because I... Will, I am with you. 
am I not sending you? So keep that in mind. God sees us so much different than how we see ourselves. And number three, God will do what he promised. He is who he said he is. I know this point number three, I said this last week, and it may sound like a repeat, but it is true. And it's, when it's the truth, it's worth repeating. He is who he said he is. And he will do what he promised. Trust in that. Because in Judges chapter 8, verse 28, the Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its heads again. During Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace 40 years. So if we go from Judges chapter 6, where the Midianites were so large and so oppressive, the Israelites had to live in hiding, live in caves, to did not raise his head again. God would do what he promised he would do. Because he said what? Defeat the Midianites and leave none alive. So they did not, did not cause trouble to the Israelites again. I want to bring this sermon to a close by encouraging all of us, myself included. This message is for myself also, is to live our lives like the faith-filled Gideon. The faith-filled Gideon. As I said earlier, while we can, we can empathize with the younger Gideon, the earlier Gideon, let's live our lives like the faith-filled Gideon who responded to God by carrying out what God told him to do. Without doubt, without questioning, without testing. The faith-filled Gideon is the one that was mentioned in Hebrews 11. Right? That's the name. Why? He was mentioned in Hebrews 11. Because he had faith and he obeyed. And through Gideon, God did mighty things. So the main takeaway for the story of Gideon is our obedience and our response to God will free ourselves from our own struggles. As I said earlier, idols, fear, addictions, anxiety, self-pity, pride. So if you go self-pity, there's arrogance also. It will free ourselves from all the things that we did not even realize that we were struggling with or did not realize that we have. But because we obey and trust in God, he will set us free. And as we continue to grow in our response and our faith to God, remember those things go hand in hand, right? Our faith in God corresponds with our obedience and our actions. If we don't have faith in God, it's difficult to do the things that he calls us to do because the things that he calls us to do is very radical. It's very different than society and the environment around us. And as we have faith in God and as he frees us, we will be able to carry out the commission, help set other people free. And that is the main mission, the main reason, the main purpose for us here right now on earth is proclaim the good news, set the captives free, share the good news. Amen. Amen. Okay, that's what I have for us for the story of Gideon. And I want to encourage you guys, read through Gideon again uh, throughout the week if you haven't had a chance to. And pay attention to things that God said and Gideon's responses. And as I said, imitate. Imitate the faith-filled Gideon. So um, I'm going to pray. Why don't we stand up?
Let me pray for us, and we'll, uh, we'll end the meeting for this morning. Stretch your legs if you need to. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for you, Lord Jesus. We're so thankful that we have freedom in you. We have life in you. We have eternal life in you. And I pray and ask Holy Spirit, I ask in the name of Jesus, that you will give us a greater revelation of who we are in you. And as we come to know more of who you are, Jesus, we will grow in our understanding of who we are in you. And I pray that you will give us the strength and the courage and the boldness and the wisdom to be able to proclaim the good news even more powerful than we have in the past, to be able to speak life into those around us even more than we have in the past, to be able to share the good news, to be able to share about our revelation and, and our understanding of you, Jesus. That is our desire. That's our heart. That's what we live for, is to know more of who you are, Jesus, and share you, Jesus, with others and those around us. I pray for your favor upon each and every one of the people here. I just pray for rest in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, just come and bring us rest. I just pray for, uh, uh, I just really, I had this word courage. I just pray for courage over this, everyone here this morning. Have the courage to speak truth. Have the courage to live differently. Have the courage to continue to walk in the, uh, do the things that you have called us to do in the name of Jesus. We love you and we honor you and we praise you, Lord Jesus. And we pray to all these things in your mighty name, God. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. 